GM, everybody, welcome to LexLine, brought to you in conjunction with our friends at Rug Radio, where we talk about the new and latest developments in Web3, crypto, blockchain, and NFT law. Nothing we talk about should be considered legal or financial advice. If you have a specific legal question, you know to always consult with a lawyer, do it privately, not on a recorded Twitter space. These spaces are recorded. If you come up and join the conversation, you can listen back to yourself. We're available on rebroadcast on Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast. Just uploaded, just, <laughs> just uploaded episode 154, which was a great conversation I had with the team at Arcade talking about peer-to-peer decentralized lo- loans and financing of luxury goods and NFTs. That was a fascinating conversation. Today, I wanted to jump into a whirlwind of crypto legislation, which has been dropped this week. We've seen three major bills come down. Uh, Most notably, we have seen a bill that was reintroduced by Senators uh, Loomis and Gildebrand. This bill is uh, a reintroduction of a bill that was previously dropped last year, According to a tweet by Senator Loomis uh, on July 19th, the Responsible Financial Innovation Act proposes a, quote, strong regulatory foundation for digital assets and, quote, uh, and prioritizes, quote, consumer protection while also cracking down on criminal activity. Uh, There's a wonderful summary of the bill, which I have in a... uh, pretty deep thread that I did on this particular piece of legislation, which I'll be happy to put up into the nest. Um, This particular bill uh, proposes to bring some regulatory clarity to the space. And one of the things that it looks to touch on is something that I've previously tweeted about, which is the 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act and its definition of digital asset broker and what that does to reporting requirements. This is something that if it is not fixed, goes into effect January 1st of 2024 and could have some interesting implications. Uh, It would further expand who must KYC and who must disclose digital asset transactions in excess of $10,000 and who meets the definition for IRS purposes of a digital asset broker. The Loomis-Gildebrand bill would propose to put off the deadline for uh, this uh, sort of compliance. And some key takeaways from the bill, um, it seems to have a, I think, more SCC sort of enforcement regiment associated with it. The the bill is a good step forward, and I think it is meaningful progress. Also, might as well circle back and talk about the other two that are on the table, and we'll do a little compare, contrast. Anyone who wants to come up and discuss the legislation, of course, you're always welcome to speak. Another bill that dropped this week is a bipartisan group of senators, including Jack Reed, Mike Rounds, Mark Warner, and Mitt Romney. They introduced the Crypto Asset National Security Enhancement and Enforcement Act. CANSEE, C-A-N-S-E-E, is the acronym for this bill. This bill 
aims to curb the risks and loopholes associated with cryptocurrency, particularly decentralized finance and virtual currency kiosks, which are currently being exploited, according to the bill's sponsors, for illicit activities such as money laundering and sanctions evasion. This bill is a little bit troubling because this bill seems to present a direct threat to decentralized finance in that it imposes very, very strict reporting requirements, almost akin to banks and securities brokers for decentralized DeFi players in the space. And many critics of this particular bill are concerned that it could have a serious chilling effect when it comes to the future of decentralized finance in the United States, because it would essentially require full compliance with KYC on both sides of the transaction. Uh, it would apply to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency kiosks. And it would essentially require that both sides of the transaction engage in a KYC as far as identifying who's involved. This really presents a threat to permissionless peer-to-peer -peer blockchain ecosystems, especially those that operate in the United States. And it would, I think, set us back uh, in its current form because the type of KYC and AML standards that are imposed here would essentially be the opposite of the decentralized notions of DeFi. And I think that could have tremendous ripple effects. And then finally, yesterday, in more breaking news, House GOP introduces a new bill, the Financial Innovation and Technology for the 21st Century Act. This one has been... Uh, met with some praise um, as hope for measured and meaningful regulation of the digital asset space. This bill has been presented by Chairman Glenn Thompson, French Hill, Dusty Johnson, various subcommittees of the House. And after months of feedback from stakeholders and market participants, this bill seeks to establish regulatory framework for digital assets designed to protect consumers and investors while promoting American leadership in the digital assets sector. One major takeaway from that bill is it seems to be very forward thinking in that it encourages the formation of an SEC and CFTC sort of think tank to sort of move innovation forward and uh, it has also some very interesting definitions with respect to digital commodities, digital commodity broker, asset commodity, makes a market in digital commodities, regularly enters into digital commodity transactions as part of their business, or is commonly known as a dealer or market maker in a digital commodity. The term does not include a person solely making transactions with an eligible contract participant, making transactions on a registered digital commodity exchange, or making transactions for personal accounts outside of regular business. So these exceptions are interesting because this particular bill has a specific exception carved out um, with respect to uh, conditions under which certain individuals are permitted to engage in what they characterize as restricted 
digital asset transactions. It provides exemptions for digital asset issuers, sale of digital assets if certain conditions are met, including sales limits, ownership limitations, and registration requirements. A unit of digital asset purchased under these exemptions is considered, quote, restricted digital asset. It stipulates that conditions under which certain individuals are permitted to engage in restricted digital assets and digital commodity transactions. Restricted digital assets are allowed to be traded on a digital asset trading system overseen by the SEC, while digital commodities can be traded on a digital commodity exchange, a DCE, overseen by the CFTC. It establishes a new disclosure regime for digital assets, need to disclose uh, in order to avoid the risks associated with digital assets. It uh, sets up a process for blockchain networks related to digital assets to be certified as decentralized, which is promising. Anyone can certify to the SCC that the blockchain network fulfills the ACTS requirements. This certification is automatically approved after 30 days unless the SCC issues a stay. So this is actually an avenue where you can actually come into the SEC and register. So that's an interesting development. Um, overall, comparison of these major pieces of legislation would be difficult to undertake given how big and far-reaching they are. But just sort of a thousand-foot overview of a comparison of uh, the, the two, I think, major bills that seem to have some legs behind them, which would be the Financial Innovation and Technology uh, for the 21st Century Act and the Gilderbrand Bill. Um, the, the bill includes a very interesting um, definition for rulemaking purposes as far as clearly defining what digital commodities, brokers, custodians, and dealers and outlines exceptions under which uh, persons uh, would be classified as fitting any one of those categories. So it's nice to see we're getting some regulatory clarity as far as the definition of these different players. I also like that we're seeing attempts at exemptions for digital assets, particularly those on the consumer side, because I think that's going to restrict, uh, certainly re relax the reporting requirements and the act, uh, and I'm speaking per particularly now the 21st Century Act, the act exempts digital commodities and approved payment uh, stable coins from the definition of a security, sets up a registration framework for digital asset trading systems, brokers and dealers, and gives the SCC anti-fraud and anti-manipulation authority over certain transactions. Um, now, purpose and aim. Contrasting the digital asset market structure and the Investment Protection Act, uh, the act mainly aims at creating robust regulatory framework to protect investors in the digital asset market by classifying digital assets as securities or commodities. Nice to see some proposed clarity and lines drawn with respect to what constitutes a digital asset security and a digital asset uh, commodity. The Financial Innovation and Technology for the 21st Century Act also seeks to establish a clear regulatory framework for digital assets, but focuses more on promoting 
American leadership in the digital assets sector, which I think we can all agree would be a great thing. It aims at robust consumer protection, which I think is universal across all of these bills, because what's happened with FTX and all the other debacles certainly has uh, made that front and center for consideration among regulators. And the Digital Asset Market Structure and Investment Protection Act appears to give the SEC primary regulatory authority over digital assets, which are classified as securities, also provides to the CFTC authority over what they define as digital commodities, whereas the 21st Century Act calls for joint rulemaking between the SEC and the CFTC. Be curious how those two would be interacting in this uh, legislative sandbox, but it also provides clear stipulations that neither entity can limit individual self-custody. It also emphasizes collaboration with foreign regulators for consistent international regulation. I think that's huge uh, because we need to be competitive globally if we're going to have any sort of uh, foothold as a leader in digital asset space. Then talking about registration and exemptions, the Digital Asset Market Structure and Investor Protection Act necessitates the registration of any person issuing, selling, or buying digital asset securities. It requires crypto-to-crypto and crypto-to-fiat transactions to be reported to the IRS. We've touched on how that sort of is a carryover of the Jobs Act of 2021, and that could really present some compliance issues because that essentially would make most all digital transactions the equivalent of Bank Secrecy Act transactions as far as reporting and KYCing, the Financial Innovation and Technology for the 21st Century Act outlines registration process for digital commodity brokers, exchanges, and dealers, but it also provides some temporary protection for some enforcement actions. It includes specific exemptions that I talked about previously as far as defining cases where a person who's not in the business and doesn't meet these definitions would be exempt from being categorized as a digital commodity dealer. I think that is a huge distinction and one that makes the 21st Century Act, I think, a little more appealing to the crypto space because it takes away a lot of these regulatory KYC hurdles for the consumer, which frankly, in a decentralized peer-to-peer system of transaction would be virtually impossible to enforce and would present a great deal of challenges. And in fact, we've even seen Uh, with respect to legislation that's coming down, uh, that there is a serious concern. A lawsuit was dropped just recently that I also, and I'm going to put all this stuff in the nest just as soon as I can come up for air here and, uh, and do that. But there is also a lawsuit that's been brought in federal court in Kentucky that is specifically challenging this provision of the Uh, Jobs Act and how it would impact KYC. It makes several compelling arguments that these would all be unconstitutional uh, measures that would uh, violate First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. Fascinating uh, deep dive into what the potential ramifications of this bill taking effect would have. And it also... um, It also seeks to uh, enjoin enforcement by the Treasury of this particular 
provision of the Jobs Act. This lawsuit was uh, brought by Coin Center against the U.S. Treasury, challenging enforcement of the uh, particular amendments to the IRS code under the Jobs Act. And it does a great breakdown for anyone who's interested, and I'll be happy to post all this, of course, and you'll be able to follow up on these links. But it gives kind of the history of Section 60501 of the IRS code as far as what the reporting requirements are. Talks about how the Jobs Act has sort of broadened the definition of a digital asset broker, thereby expanding the reporting and KYC requirements to transactions involving digital assets, the severe penalties that are at play here, and what chilling effect this could have on not only Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendment, but also First Amendment free speech rights, because it would require KYC of virtually any crypto transaction that would then put the government uh, in possession of a lot of identifiers for people that are financing certain organizations and causes they believe in. So a lot is at play here right now. And legislatively, it's sort of do or die. If we don't get something done this summer, then this provision of the Jobs Act is going to take effect January 1st. And it's going to cause a lot of players in the digital asset space to either have to scramble to comply or to essentially revisit their business model in the United States if they're unable to comply with these very stringent uh, requirements. So that is kind of the overall breakdown of what's going on. I'm going to go ahead and pin all of these uh, different tweets I've put out with respect to each one of these proposed bills for anyone who wants to take a closer look at them, it is Friday, and I know the vibes are generally a little more chill on Friday, so I just wanted to put this out there as sort of a monologue to set the table as to what is coming and what we can expect to see in the world of legislation. Overall, I think it's really promising that these bills have been proposed. Uh, some have very, very good aspects to them. Some have aspects that I think need to be further developed if they're going to have any legs. And all of this is contingent on making it out of the originating uh, House of Congress that they have been sponsored and getting debated, marked up, and moved to the next legislative phase, which would be the other House of Congress, and then hopefully to the desk of the president for signature because if we don't see some form of meaningful legislation come out of this session, uh, I think that presents us with a serious challenge going forward, especially when it comes to these very, very stringent reporting requirements that are coming down the line. So that is sort of the overview. I have put up my deep dives on all of these bills and I think they provide a much better comparison than what I can do in a monologue. Unless anyone has any questions, I do see a couple of requests to speak. So let me bring you up now that I've pinned. Johnny, bringing you up. Birdnall's bringing you up. I know you both have probably read these uh, proposed bills as well. I'd love to get your thoughts on the subject. GM, we'll start with Birdnall's and then we'll jump to Johnny. Hey, GM, guys. Um... I can only say in for a minute I have a thing I have to run to, uh, and I haven't really broken down either of the major 
either the Senate DeFi or the new uh, House Comprehensive Digital Asset Bill. I, I know that they added like another 100 or 200 pages to the to the uh, working draft they're working under. So lots of stuff to digest. Um, but one thing I wanted to bring up, which I thought was actually pretty good and show people from both sides of the issue working on something together is Senate Amendment 712, um, which is Amendment to National Defense Authorization Act. And it was proposed by Senators Warren and Marshall, who are both known to be like anti-crypto, and also Senators Loomis and Gillibrand, who are the, the, the sponsors of the Senate version of the Comprehensive Digital Asset Work. And it's an amendment to national security legislation that has to pass. Like it's something that passes every year and it's just going to be a matter of what's in it when it does pass. And it puts things like AML reporting obligations on crypto kiosk, which are good, um, and puts some um, obligations on FinCEN and Treasury to come up with compliance regimes for stable coins and mixers without any like set rules for that. Um, but overall, other than probably stable coins, maybe having some issues with the AML compliance obligations, um, it seems like a good uh, example of common sense regulation from both people who are anti-crypto because of concerns over AML and KYC issues and people who are pro-crypto in the, in the terms of the abilities it can uh, have access to finance and the, the fact that it's just not going away. So having the U.S. have some kind of common sense regulations on a subject. So I, I thought that amendment is a good example of kind of people on both sides working together on something that isn't overly burdensome, but does address some of the issues that we all know. Like we all know crypto kiosks are kind of predatory and scammy and not great. Um, and we know that stablecoin uh, uh, issuers probably should have some kind of compliance regime when they're saying, you give me a dollar and I will always give you a dollar back. So I, I thought that was those are some interesting developments as well as what you broke down, which was awesome. Bernos, thank you. Not easy. It's <laughs> quite a challenge to try to encapsulate three different huge proposed bills uh, in <laughs> in free form monologue. Can you uh, can you shoot a pin uh, into the nest of that proposed uh, legislation as well? That amendment that you're talking about because I don't think I've come across it. Yeah, I can find uh, someone who tweeted out about it and pin it up there. Thank you, man. I know you got to run to a meeting, so I appreciate you as always jumping in. I always appreciate your deep dive that you do. If if you're not uh, if you're not following Bird and Alls, you need to, and if you're not looking at his weekly TLDR, you should because it is probably the best concise TLDR of what's going on in the space. I don't know how he does it. I think he might be an AI bot, um, but he does amazing work. Thank you, as always, Birdnalls. Have a great weekend. Johnny, what is good, my man? My head is spinning. Like, it's spinning. There are so many. I, I can't keep track of them now, so I appreciate you trying. Like, this is something I've tried to do. But I, I really just, I wonder if you've come across, like, like, a spreadsheet that's, like, the different, you know, the rows are the different uh, uh, bills or proposals or drafts. And then, you know, across your columns, you got where they're at, who's sponsoring them, what are the key features? Like, I've been looking for that, and I don't know if it's out there because there's just so much to break down, so much to keep track of. And they have all these little definitions tucked in there that could have huge implications, and you're just like, wow, my head's spinning at this point. Um, 
do you know if that exists or do we need to we do we need to make that i don't have the bandwidth to make it but i imagine that through the deployment of ai some of them are are more uh chad <laughs> crypto lawyers in the space can probably spin that up pretty quick i i agree with you it would be a big help because in my preparation for the conversation today just trying to digest the differences I really tried to focus mostly on the reporting requirements because I see that and I, I, you know, give a thumbs up if you agree with me, but I think that is one of the most critical things that needs to get right here because if they don't get these reporting requirements right, this can have a tremendous chilling effect on digital asset commerce in this country. And I don't think people doing business in this sector are aware of what's coming January 1st and are ready for it. And I, I've really tried to sound the alarm bell on that because I think uh, now is the time to really be thinking about all of this and looking at this legislation and talking to your legislators because some bills seem to provide clarity and some seem to provide a pause. But unless this is, because that that's law. I mean, that Jobs Act is signed by the president and goes into effect. If this doesn't get fixed, uh, we're going to be left with a mess. Yep, I hear you, and and I appreciate you ringing that uh, that bell. Unfortunately, I feel like most of the time we'll see a bill come out; it, it makes buzz for a few days, and people maybe are alarmed by it or inspired by it, and then it just kind of goes away, and then we see another one, and then they all kind of start to mix together. And I, I'm afraid that it's getting a little more political. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, the one yesterday was all Republican sponsored. I, I'm not 100% sure on that, but that's the direction I don't want it to go is where it starts becoming a talking point battle. I think that's really going to hurt whatever the end product is, if there is one. Yeah, you're not kidding, Johnny, because the, the, the scary thing is we know how uh, dysfunctional the process has become. And if we cannot get bipartisan consensus and get something pushed through, um, we're, we're in trouble. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to describe it because what's taking effect January 1st is going to have very broad, far-reaching implications. And we're already seeing a lot of confusion. Um, the SEC is uh, battling in court, and thankfully the courts are pushing back a bit on this enforcement by regulation uh, regime, but we need to we need to have clarity as to who's in charge of enforcing this stuff and how it's going to be enforced, because we're just going to continue to lose innovation overseas. And I think we're on the verge of actually seeing a comeback for digital assets. We're starting to see, in my opinion, renewed interest, and I think we're going to see new iterations of NFTs come down. The technology is not going anywhere, but what could be uh, gravely impacted is, are we going to benefit from the growth in this sector? And right now, unless Congress gets it together here and gets something meaningful passed and to the president's desk, we're coming up on an election year and that's going to just leave us with more confusion. I guess that's great for the lawyers. I don't know. Maybe that is, we could consider that job security for the lawyers who work in the digital asset space, but it's really unfortunate for the builders who truly want to create, innovate, 
and and move this technology forward. And I, I don't think it is good for the lawyers because, um, as someone has pointed out to me recently, we're risking our necks every time we try to give advice, and that's going to come to back to bite us. So we need clarity, or or we won't feel confident giving that counsel, and all these projects are going to be flying blind or or rogue. Uh, that's, I feel like, almost the direction we're going. I think you unmuted, Bernals. What do you have to add? Yeah, hey, uh, just before I run, uh, some attorneys at my firm did a very good article about Corporate Transparency Act, which is what you're talking about, the reporting obligations on the Jobs Act, um, and how the Corporate Transparency Act is going to apply to decentralized autonomous organizations. So um, that's on the firm bit blog. And I would recommend anybody go check that out if they want to know the reporting obligations, because even if whatever legislation passes the House or Senate regarding cryptocurrency, those are still going to be reporting obligations that any entity is going to have to follow that registers with the Secretary of State. So it's just something to check out. Amazing. If you get a chance, shoot me a DM with a link to that. I definitely want to read that. You're awesome, Birdnalls. Well, all right. I guess it remains to be seen where all of this is going to go. I think this is probably a good time to stop for today. It is Friday, and I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Thank you, as always, for joining the conversation and supporting what we're doing here with LexLine. Appreciate you all very much, and we will be back at it on Tuesday. I don't know, maybe three or four more bills will drop between now and Tuesday. Who knows? Thanks, all. Have a great weekend.